0: Hello and welcome to the Clock and Talk, and Arsenal podcast, and we're covering... For fuck's sake. Good job me and Schwinn are a lot more
1: prepared than you, because if we came on and went, oh yeah, we didn't watch the game, even we was on the pitch, it'd be a pretty shit podcast.
2: Well, Macedo is the best number at 10 in the Premier League.
1: Yeah, that all looks good on paper, but there's never been a football match played on paper, so it's not really worth much. I'm going
0: to make a bold prediction that Jack Wilshere will sign for... West Ham United It's time to
1: start watching football with your eyes I think people listen to what the commentator's saying and have that as their own opinion but if you watch what's going on you'll see things a lot clearer
0: Schwinn, who do you think is going to win
2: the Golden Boot? I think Alexis Sanchez may do a number on that this year
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Tony talks about a clock right twice a day Tez is right every day Try it from five lads fucking beauty. Thank you for listening, thank you for downloading and welcome to the Clock and Talk podcast. I'm your host Tess and each and every week uh, Tony and Schwinn join me and we do have both of them with me this week. Tony, how are you buddy?
1: Yeah, it's unusual. Two weeks in a row, I'm not sure what's going on. Yeah.
3: Um,
1: yeah, I, I'm good. I'm very good, especially after yesterday. Um but yeah let's get on with this good
0: win, good win um okay and schwinn how are you buddy
1: i'm doing very well as well
2: thank you for having me it seems like ever since our fallout you guys have realized that i'm your best option or your best worst option at this point so happy to be here
0: and happy with the result oh well, mate when i actually pay you a fortune a week and you're in a contract i'm stuck mate what do i do yeah, well, uh, if you ask our manager, then you just sit
2: the player uh, who earns the biggest contract on the bench and still get results. But clearly that's
0: not <laughs> been working for you, has it? <laughs> um, <laughs> right, let's get into this game. And you can follow us at clockend_talk underscore talk on Twitter. We are on Facebook. Um, and we'll also touch, uh, touch or record with our listeners later in this podcast Then we'll have the details up there on Skype as well Okay, Tony um, Line up, buddy, when you've seen that coming out What was your thoughts?
1: Um, my only kind of half concern Was, was Gwendouzi To be honest um, Obviously in hindsight We all know he played very well But I looked at it and thought Maybe you could have Ramsey in that role And, and, um, and Ozil at 10 But you could see the logic. It wasn't outrageous. We, we've looked at some lineups in recent weeks and thought, "What the fuck is he doing?" Mm. Uh, whereas I looked at that and thought that I would probably probably have played Ramsey deeper um, pre-game,
0: but it wasn't a ridiculous wow. uh, call. Yep, yep. Your your thoughts on Kashani there?
1: I mean, Mustafi. I think every game since he's been back has been subbed off at, uh, at half time or, or not long after. So we don't know how fit he really is, and if they've just been putting him in because they kind of have to and and we're really short on numbers Um, if he's coming off early every week it it seems that there is an issue because it's not something that normally happens with centre-backs and especially at games like West Ham he came off ahead of um, ahead of Koscielny who we know is not fit to be playing games all the time so I mean that would tell me that, that Mustafi's clearly not got uh, 90 minutes in his legs, and, and obviously, that game was expected to be high intensity yesterday. So, if, if Mustafi's not fit enough, it is probably the right decision to not, not start him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Schwinn, your thoughts on the lineup, buddy?
2: Well, firstly, I thought the structure was what we should have gone with. Uh, you know, it's the same 4 3 1 2 that we deployed against Tottenham at home in the league, and that obviously was worked very well for us. And you know, again, as Tony said, I, I also imagine Mesudozel would be involved in one way or the other. Obviously, that didn't happen, and maybe that was to some extent because of the injuries that that happened yesterday. But yeah, on paper, I, I would imagine Ramsey's more suited to to that role a bit deeper, where Gunduzi was starting and and Mesut Ozil at ten. But you know, it, it, in hindsight, I don't think there's there's much you can you can say about the manager getting this wrong because everything worked very well and. Um, again, Mustafi was another question for me, but having heard what you guys have just said, I think it makes sense that Kushelny got the nod ahead of Mustafi as well.
0: It's so you're going to blame injuries because Ozil didn't get a start or a run.
2: Well, I, I, I would imagine he would have wow. gotten at least 10 minutes yesterday. Come on, let's be honest. Wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, actually, I do agree with you. I, I actually thought he probably would, and then when I was the uh, Bellerin going off, I thought, yeah, that's the end of Urzel coming on. Um, but anyway, we will get into that one shortly. Uh, Tony, we come flying out of the blocks, uh, once again, and I, I could probably count on one hand how many times we've done that, started like that this season.
1: No, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, looking at the 90 minutes as a whole, it's probably our best complete 90 minute performance of the season. Uh, yeah, we came out flying. You have to with them as, as I'm about to say later on in our live callers, um, you can't, you can't let them settle because uh, I've made it clear many times on here, I'm not a big Jorginho fan, I don't think he really impacts the game, but you don't want him to get comfortable and get into that rhythm of having 100 touches and playing passes wherever he wants and, and picking out his man nonstop You need to break that rhythm and let him know early on you're not going to get time on the ball, you can't get comfortable because it seems like with Chelsea at the moment, if you rattle Jorginho, the kind of rest of them go with it because he's the man that, that gives them the easy pass. And if suddenly if they're not getting the ball easy and they're they're under pressure all the time and they've just got to kick it long or or they've got to take risks and they don't really like doing that, so I think it's it's essential to to get
0: round Jorginho early and start very fast against that Chelsea type this current Chelsea team. I was listening to Talk Sport earlier tonight. I think it was Talk Sport or BBC Live. One of them it was, and um, they're actually talking about him that that they they want him gone, um, which really surprised me because I thought he was as you said similar to the the glue for Chelsea you know if, if they stop him they seem to stop Chelsea but um, no I couldn't the Chelsea I, I, I think, fans, yeah.
1: yeah it may have been the same like program on the radio I was listening to as I was driving back from the game it was um, they. I was listening to to talk sport and I think the main issue is one he doesn't really do anything which is why as I said I'm not a big fan of that type of player it's not just him but secondly, I think they're, they're more annoyed that they're playing Kante out of position to accommodate him. So I think they're moaning about him, but it's not so much mm. that he's doing too much wrong. It's that they're now playing Kante in this weird kind of right wingish, we I don't even know what it is, position. And, and for me, Kante is the best defensive midfielder in the world. And you're, you're moving him out of position to accommodate someone who just keeps the game ticking over, really.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you, you know, like he won a title with Leicester as, as a defensive midfielder, he, he's won one with um, Chelsea and all of a sudden he finds himself out of position, but look, at the end of the day, I, I don't really give two fucking hoots because we did we did get the win, so, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting, Chelsea were saying that they want him gone and I thought, Man. or Chelsea fans I should say. Um, Schwin, talk us through the first goal, mate. Fourteenth minute, and boom, up we go, one nil. And and what a goal! You know,
2: I mean, I think Lacazette took four or five touches there in a matter of two, three seconds. But the the whole build up to the goal, you know, I mean, Pedro gives away a a clumsy foul. There's no need to foul Lacazette there. And from the free kick that ensued, we we won a corner, and you know that's where we took a short corner and Hector Bellerin found Lacazette. The, the, the touch he takes in the box to get first to control the ball because it was zipped in and then to get away from Pedro uh, with his left foot was exquisite. You, you'd you find a lot of players uh, diving there and, and trying to win a penalty. But credit to Luck is that he stays on his feet, uh, maintains control of the ball and, and is patient because Alonso tried to close him down. But, you know, he he got away from him just for an instant and, and found the roof of the net there. Fantastic finish. And. I mean, just before that, I think Koscielny was denied by, by Kepa. And that was that was an incredible save. And I thought we were very unlucky there. But, you know, that that soon faded away as soon as Lacazette found the back of the net. And to be honest, we deserved that. You know, the first 15 minutes or so, we completely dominated the game. Chelsea did not know what hit them. And our front four, front five with, with Torreira moving up were was, was stifling Chelsea very, very well. So totally merited, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, I agree, Tony. They um, a lot of people were saying that Chelsea were, were just having a bad day at the office. They're off, um, you know. Given look, and, and a lot of neutral fans I've spoken to who watched the game, you know, being a Chelsea Arsenal game. They they said that you know Chelsea type of, uh, they they weren't in at the first half as much and and not really giving much credit to Arsenal. Um, where I think it was a, you know, I, th- I thought well. Compared to us starting, you know, playing in that West Ham game, like, you can't take take the credit away from Arsenal. Oh no, I mean compared to West
1: Ham, we were we were chalk and cheese. Um Yeah, look, I agree Chelsea didn't really get going, but as I said, we stopped them. Um we played a very high energy team. Um we pressed really high up. Uh but I thought I thought we actually pressed a lot better than we were doing early in the season when it was all going wrong because it was sort of like the front five pressed and, and the rest stayed. So it didn't just give them that easy long ball to get in behind, which was our problem so often earlier on in the season. Mm. Um, but yeah, I thought all, all of the front five were were exceptional in, in, in stopping them. Um, well, I say front five, to, to be fair, all of them, all of them really. Um, I was talking to, I went to see one of my friends at half time who sits in another area of the stadium. And we were both saying that I think Aubameyang should have scored after about two or three minutes. It was not a bad miss, but something you'd probably expect them to score. But even with that, I thought him and um, him, Lacazette were exceptional in their pressing and their closing down. I mean, you saw both of them regularly sort of either make tackles on the edge of our box or, like, shield the ball on the edge of our box and nick in, like, 30 yards out, which, when you say you're playing two up front, you kind of don't really expect that. Mm. Um, I thought... It, this is going to sound stupid I thought our strikers put in the best Defensive performance I've ever seen from both of
0: them Yeah I noticed that They, they, and they just seemed to be I don't know what the, what the word is like Fighting for each other Like they, they seemed to be Putting that little bit extra Effort into it Like uh, That West Ham game it was just It was just shit <laughs> But but you know, like they just seem to be going that 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 one extra mile, so which obviously turned around got us a result. But you're always sitting there and you're watching it, and I'd imagine you were in the stand as well. Schwinn would have been like me on the TV and we're sitting there going,, <laughs> okay, we're one nil up, what's you know it's how long we're we going to hold this lead for and make thirty ninth minute and we get another one talk us through that.
1: Yeah, I mean, just before that, my worry was that we started so fast and we were pressing so hard that you knew we couldn't keep that energy up for for a long time. And I think it's what we've done quite well is manage the game in bursts. So we would run our bollocks off for 20 minutes and then when we're getting a bit tired, sit in for 10 and and then go again. Um, The worry was literally just before Lacazette's goal was that you thought, we can't play that well for 20 minutes and still be nil-nil and and knackered. Um, Because when you do get that goal, it gives you that little bit of a lift. You've got something to hold on to. So uh, that goal, Lacazette's goal was vital. The second goal... I mean it was weird <laughs> The free kick was not what we expected Being floated <laughs> out the back Socrates I'm pretty sure it was a shot And Koscielny Has come off his shoulder I mean I don't care that all three of them things were weird
0: Because
3: yeah. it went in
1: It was it was just a weird weird goal I mean how can you stoop down to head the ball One way and it come off your shoulder And go in the other tight corner <laughs>
0: It was just, it was, yeah, it was a comical type goal, wasn't it? And, and, he, and you're right, Socrates, he, I think he was having a short at goal as well and it's come off the side of his boot and uh, it's, it was, uh, but as you say, hey, it's a goal, isn't it? So yeah, they all come for one. Yep, yep. Um, when we go into the dressing room, not much else happens in that, that uh, first half that I can think of. Um, but obviously we're going to the dressing room. You know Sarri's going to be pretty pissed off. They go in at 2-0 and you're thinking to yourself, fuck, they're going to come out firing. And credit to Chelsea, I think, I think probably the first 15, 20 minutes, they, they did come out firing.
2: They did, and yeah, you would expect Saria to be pretty pissed off. I mean, they didn't register a shot on goal that first half. I don't think they ended up registering one for the full 90, if I'm honest. I don't. I haven't seen that stat, but just off the top of my head, I'm sure he wasn't happy with, with what he saw, and he made that very clear at the end of the game with his remarks. But I think, you know, as Tony said, some of that credit has to go back to us, and you have to question how much of that was, was strategic. Were we sitting back and looking to hit them on the counter as they pushed bodies forward? That would be my guess. You know, uh, it, the impetus was on Chelsea to bring the game to us at that point. And I think we, we did very well. I think Emery got everything spot on yesterday from the initial structure. You know, uh, we relied on, on being narrow, uh, high energy. And we, we, I think we played to our strengths yesterday. It's surprising that we played well, right? Because uh, we've relied on, on oh, ringers sure. for so long when when we've not really had quality out wide. And, and yesterday we went for a system that, that gave us a bit more steel in the middle of the park. And then we relied on some individual moments of brilliance or in, in Koshelny's case, an individual moment of luck to, to capitalize on those moments. And of course, Chelsea went good, but I think in terms of in game management i don't think i've i've seen a better performance and i agree with tony it's probably the
0: best performance uh, as as a as a unit that that we've shown this season tony i'm still sitting there and i'm thinking we're we're 2-0 up we're, we're just going past half time i'm still waiting for chelsea to come back thinking like i know what our defence is like but yesterday they were, they were pretty good Socrates yeah. was, was i thought he was very good
1: no, I, I thought to a man, every, everyone was good. They, as Trent said, they didn't create anything. I don't think they had a shot on target either. But then I saw a headline saying Chelsea didn't have a shot on target till the 82nd minute, but I can't remember one. So, yeah, fuck I can't knows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, it was a good defensive performance. But as I said, it wasn't. This is where I always say it's down to system, not players. Because as I said earlier, I think Aubameyang, Ramsey, Lacazette were all excellent defensively. So it was the whole system. It wasn't just the back four. And it, there was never a time where Chelsea were ever really like two on or two on two or three on three with our back four. Everyone defended and everyone helped each other out. I think the formation did help. We was, we, I thought we played very, very narrow and we were very tough in, in the middle and hard to beat. And Chelsea don't really use wick, especially when they were playing Hazard as a false, false nine. The, Aspilicueta is never really going to bomb on And Alonso tends to find himself in the middle of the pitch Rather than hugging the touchline So I think our system Whether Emery's done that because he knows how Chelsea Played or it's just a bit of luck Let's give him the credit and say he's, he's purposely done that Our system was perfect To nullify how Chelsea try and play
0: mm-hmm. No, I agree And and look for me and I don't know if you noticed too much in the ground On Schwin. I'm not sure what coverage You're watching but um, Over here they seem to keep Replaying the a couple of things that Socrates did, and they and you know, they're talking him up, you know, little highlights and things that they're doing. So uh, that's probably why it, you know drew my eye a bit more, I suppose, because it was getting replayed. Well, I mean, a
1: he's got headlines for for celebrating that slide tackle. <coughs> I don't
0: know; if he's, that's been all over Twitter. Yeah,
1: you know, yeah oh, that's you that where it. You run around yeah. And give it a big fist. Bump.
0: Yeah, that's what it was. Just the, you know, his little fist pumps, and he seemed to be. I don't know if he was taken. Was he, did he seem to you like he was um, organising the defence more than Kishani? Uh To be honest, I don't know. It's difficult
1: to tell. As I said, when everyone defends as a unit, it's hard to tell who's doing what in the back line. Um, there was a few times where, I mean, probably my only grievance with Socrates so far is he tries to win the ball too much and he gives away stupid fouls because of it. And there's one right at the end of the first half, right on the edge of the area, but wide. I think he fouled Rudiger because he was way too tight just after Alonso hit the post. But I think he had, and I know he wasn't wearing the armband, but I think he had a, a captain's kind of performance. There was one time, I think it was when Barkley fouled Guendouzi. I'm not sure, but there was a, a break in play for some reason. Yeah. And in the last 10 minutes, we've been playing a lot of balls long to Iwobi, because obviously he's a lot bigger than Aspilicueta. And I don't think he won any of them. And uh, Socrates ran literally 40 yards to like, tell Iwobi to fix up essentially. Um gave him a little slap round the
0: head. Yeah. Um, okay. And do you know what I mean? That's just kinda of, again, yeah. this a captain's performance, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, um, well, One that I remembered was when he was yelling at um Gwendusie. Yeah, yeah. when right, I think man. it was when Barkley had a had a pop on
2: goal and I think Koshelney got, got winded completely. But that that ball was sailing into the net if Koshelny wasn't there and I think Gwendusie just slept on, on Barkley there.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's, yeah,
1: that's what I was Sorry, Tony, to cut you off No, yeah, no, so yeah, so, I
0: mean It, it was more, I, I
1: don't know If he'd done anything great in terms of Defending, like, do you know what I mean I don't remember any great last-ditch defensive blocks There was a couple of tackles, but I thought he had a real Leader's
0: performance I don't want to say captain, because he wasn't Yeah, yeah, yeah I know, so, mean Mate, I want to get uh, both your opinions Because I'm going to go to you as well, Schwinn But I'll just stick with Tony for a minute Um, I'm going to go through These substitutions and and we weren't I won't include the Bellerin one because we'll talk about his injury in a minute So Ramsey went off in the 67th minute Maitland-Niles came on um, And Awobi for Lacazette I thought Ramsey had a really good game And I thought Lacazette had a good game Is it possible that, you know, obviously we've got FA Cup, Manchester United coming up You think he's wrestling them there and you know, we're up two Neil. I just thought it was a bit of an odd substitution. Uh, no,
1: they were both fucking knackered. Um, and they, they were both knackered and Torreira was knackered as well, but Torreira had been playing that kind of center mid, right mid hybrid position. And I think the idea was to bring Ainsley on and move Torreira into the middle. So it kind of secures the middle a bit because he's obviously a lot of a safer option than Ramsey and also means in theory, he has to run less, uh, the Lacazette one, again, he, he was knackered. I mean, you saw a few weeks ago, was it Fulham or Burnley, where he got taken off and he had a bit of a sulk? And yeah. I, don't, I don't mean that as a negative towards him. I think he was right. Yep. Um, but yesterday, there was no reaction. He, he, you could see he had no issue with being taken off yesterday. Yeah, um, okay. So I think they were, they were both just shattered and, and they were the subs. I mean, unfortunately, because of the Hector one, we'd moved, we'd moved Torreira into the middle to give him a little bit of a rest. But then we've hacked the guy. Ainsley went to right back, and and Ter- had to go back where he'd been playing.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, you agree with that, Schwen?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, apart from the specifics, it was just to be
2: conservative. I think, you know, Emery obviously did the same when we played them um, at the beginning of the season, and obviously that didn't work out. But after the the first sixty or odd minutes, the both these players put in. You know, you they almost earned that. You know, to be taken off and and be arrested because they could have done a hamstring or or, or pulled something, uh, and that that's the last thing you want at this point. So, hey, look, if we had conceded and gone on to maybe drop points, then then we would have looked back on these subs and said that they were wrong. But you know, they they gave us a bit more steel in that regard. It will be as as Tony mentioned, is is a bit more strong and and probably could have given quite a you know a tougher fight. But still, it was, it was something
0: different for, for Chelsea to think about, and I think it worked fine. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with the substitutions. I don't disagree with you guys either. But what I just thought Lacazette and Ramsey, and I have, and obviously if you fast-forward this podcast, Tony, you're talking about people, um, you know, criticising Ramsey. I, and me and Schwinn, Schwinn actually said it too. And I agree with both of you. I thought he was very good at what he did yesterday. Um, Lacazette as well, I thought he was he was outstanding. So that was the only, the only reason I questioned the substitution, because I thought Ramsey and Lacazette were outstanding. So. Um, now, I want to... Oh, Tony. Um, Bellerin, yeah, so he gets injured in 72nd minute. Elneny comes on. Now, I've seen all sorts of report with Bellerin. I, I've done absolutely fuck-all research apart from scroll through a few Twitter feeds. Um, is it an ACL? Is it do we know what it actually is?
1: No, no, no one knows yet. It's way too soon for anything to come out. Everyone's just looking at it and, and deciding it's an ACL. Um, suddenly, everyone is an expert. Average Dave that goes down the pub and drinks fifteen pints a night is now an expert on what's an ACL, <laughs> what's an MCL, what's an MCL, uh, what's an LCL. Like it, it looks clearly like a ligament in his knee, but hmm. depending on what one it is, is a hell of a difference to, to how long you're going to be out there was also apparently again your twitter handle can be anything but but i'd already seen it and schwinn sent sent me the link last night uh, there was apparently some form of expert on knees saying it wasn't any of them and it was a torn quad um the the the, the attachment between the quad and the knee so no one knows everyone's looking at that picture and they're suddenly a doctor yeah. um so we just have to wait and see and, and hope for the best i think it's a huge shame. I mean, look, I've never, ever been Hector's biggest fan, so I'm not going to sit here and be a, a hypocrite and say and, and change my tune now, but we're a much better team with, with him in it just because of the way he plays. Um, we're more on the front foot. Obviously, he's where he bombs on so well. I mean, Ainsley is probably being close to as quick as him, but Hector's better offensively. Mm. Um, so... I think it will be a huge loss for, for however long he's out. Um, I think Ainsley will be the one that takes over. And, and in all fairness to Ainsley, I thought Freeze, however long it was at, at right back yesterday, 20 minutes or so, probably a bit longer with injury time, I thought he was exceptional um, in in those 20 minutes. So hopefully he can keep that level up. And apart from the Tottenham game in the Cup, I don't think we've ever really seen him be bad at, at right back. He was he was poor against West Ham, but he was in the back five. Um, against Fulham and Burnley, he was very good in both them games, but obviously they, it comes with the caveat that it was Fulham and Burnley. Um, so we'll, we'll see where we go with him, but Hector is obviously a big miss.
0: So <laughs> El Nanny get off the bench, all grins, look at me, I'm coming on, lads. <laughs> fucking classic. Um, he did all right for what he had to do. <laughs> uh, fucking El Nanny, he's a funny bugger and he? he cracks me up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess they've just sent him on and said, "Run around, be a pest, and stop them from playing." And and he's very fit as it is. We all know that about him. Yeah. And Chelsea were tiring, so it, it suited him, and he didn't didn't do anything wrong. With, I mean, El very rarely going to do anything that you write home about, and and we de- don't dedicate a whole podcast to anything El Nenny ever does because he's not that type of player. But I thought what he'd done yesterday, he done well and he done everything he needed to do.
0: <laughs> just the way he'd get, he get up, he was like, oh, I'm going on, it was like, <laughs> just the way, did you say it, Schwinn? I did
2: he was he was very much happy with the fact that he was getting a, a chance to step on and he even had a puppet goal you know maybe hoping that he's going to get his first premier league goal for yeah. the arsenal but obviously that ended up in rose if it didn't end up crossing the stadium altogether
0: he's like the kid at school who got a sticker yeah I'm, I'm, I'm on boys here I come how I fly with everyone down the fucking oh classy um, okay man of the match tony Oh, God.
1: Uh, there's so many of them it could go to. I, as I said, I thought Ramsey was the best player on the pitch while he was on there, and I, look, pretty much no one's going to agree with that. Um, and who scored gave him the worst. Who scored, I think, gave it to Koshelny, I think. And you'd be hard-pressed to argue with that. Just I, I think Socrates was, as we said, probably slightly better defensively, but Koscielny got the goal. So... I'd probably go with him. Okay, Schwin.
2: Oh, uh, take your pick. I really don't have one that that stands out, and I think that's that's the testament to the performance. You know, Aubameyang worked very hard, especially towards the last twenty minutes of the game when he was very isolated. Continued running. You know, Lacazette obviously had a very good game. Ramsey was absolutely excellent. So, and Kuchelny, of course. But I think you could just draw draw lots, and and you'd be okay with whoever comes out.
1: I'm glad you said that about Abamyang because I know a lot of people think I'm slightly biased towards him, and maybe I am. But I'd probably argue that that was his best performance, uh, all-round performance for us since he's been at Arsenal.
2: Okay. I mean, if he gets, if he ends up on the score sheet yesterday, then then you'd find. And no one arguing with you, but I think considering the couple of chances that fell to him, people might might have a word or two about that. But I mean, and that's why I said all round
1: obviously, it's not his goal scoring, it wasn't as good as it clearly has been in other games. But
0: I think his all round performance was, was excellent. Um, yeah, no, it was he was he did play wood, sorry, I thought you were gonna keep talking, Twin. <laughs> um oh, I'm gonna go with Lacazette. I thought Lacazette was really good and then you could like I said, agree with you boys, you could go with anyone. Uh did you see a bit of criticism talking about anyone though? There's a fair bit of criticism on Twitter about Granite Shaka again, uh this week, you know, he's a bit slow, he does this, does that, I wish he'd stopped doing this. Did you boys notice it? Okay.
1: Uh, I saw some after the game and I thought he started very, very slowly and because everyone else is pressing so high and so fast, it when you're a little bit off the pace, it makes you look even worse. Um, I, I think after maybe the first 10 minutes, I thought he was very good, um, but a lot of people seem to be stuck on them, on them 10 minutes. As I said, he wasn't troubling the man of the match or anything, but, but he was very good. Just to... Just to go through the who scored ratings, I've just got them up in front of me. Uh, Leno, 6.9. Kalasanach 7.9. Koscielny, 8.6. Socrates, 8. Bellerin, 8.2. Torreira, 7.8. Xhaka, 7.8. Gwenduzi 7.1. Ramsey, 6.8. Lacazette, 8.6. And Aubameyang, 7. I mean, as an average, that's a ridiculously high score for um, for who scored. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite that high all-round. And they had Xhaka Streets ahead of 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 Gwendouzi and Ramsey, so uh, and Abamyang to be fair.
0: So yeah, from his well, from his stats, I think if you ever look at these stats, you know Jules won, Jules lost and things. So I think it works something along them lines, like key passes. Um, well, I mean, this is what what makes it for
1: me interesting. Is as I said, I think Abamyang had the best complete performance. And it's, he always scores well on this. We, we mention this pretty much every week. That yep. whatever it is he does, who scored likes it. And for me, in his best performance, it's probably the worst rating I've seen him having in
0: eight, probably all season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Yeah. What did you say it was? Six, six or seven, seven? It's just seven point zero. It was the.
1: But then again, Ramsey six point eight, which for me is criminal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but Chelsea's highest player was. Willian and Jorginho Joined on 6.7 with their highest Players and I thought Jorginho was awful And William didn't really do Anything
0: no, I didn't think he did much either
1: But apparently they were both only just Off Ramsey based on
0: this Statistical what, what, model What did Alonso get 6.6 Okay. Ah interesting Okay um yeah look very Great Brilliant performance! I thought from Arsenal. You know, it was as you boys said. It was one of them games that we come here. We come out of the boxes. We, you know, we we capitalised on the two goals. We held the lead and uh, got the three points, boys. And that does put us into fifth spot on forty-four points. Uh, Chelsea in fourth spot on f- uh, forty-seven. Tottenham forty-eight in third. So um, forget about Liverpool, Manchester City. Um, okay, let's. You boys, any girls on the match? No. No, all good. Covered it. Schwinn, for you? All good. You don't want to talk about Oziloenik, mate? You are right? No, all good. We won. He was there. That's about it. He he was there to witness it. Um, Okay. Now we'll get into some live callers, and then we'll get into our user questions. Hey, I used to say each and every week we used to have live callers, but we haven't done it for some time. So um, we'll try and get you guys on once a month. And uh, today we've got Vish and Maddie with us. So, Vish, how are you, buddy? Good to meet you, are Yeah, I'm not bad, mate, not bad. Um, you got a question for the boys?
3: Yes. Uh, with the defensive properties that we have at Arsenal, I find it disconcerting that we aren't linked to the centre-back. And now that we looks like Berlin is out for the rest of the season, would we be in the market for another right-back? Tony?
1: Um, I was talking uh, to a few people about this the other day. I'm not sure. I mean, sorry, after the game yesterday. I'm not sure if a right-back because although look, none of the options are as good as Bellerin, I think Maitland-Niles is going to be first choice, which leaves Lichsteiner as second choice and Jenko as third, probably. I think all of them are, are decent options. Um, if you're bringing someone better than them, it's going to be someone that's pushing Hector long-term. And we've, as Schwinn always says, we've got problems at A-grade problems, B-grade problems and C-grade problems. And, and getting someone to push Hector really isn't probably anywhere near the top of the priority list. Uh, with centre-backs, mm-hmm. it's a tough one because we have defensive frailties. Yeah, but- the- I think the numbers are okay is in terms of the amount of bodies we've have. So unless people were going out, I, I can't see him bringing anyone else in. Um, I, I think I personally think the defensive issues are probably more system-based than
0: anything else. Do you think um, uh, anyone coming on loan or anything, Tony, is that an option you uh, Potentially, but I don't know how
1: hard they've been looking and it's probably going to be very difficult to get a deal over the line, especially a loan deal, because... You first have to find a player of the right quality and then that's available for loan. It makes it very difficult. I think the only way I can see a centre-back coming in is if uh, if Ramsey goes this window and-, and Benatia comes in. Yeah,
0: okay. So, that all you had with us, Fish? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's no cool. worries. Buddy. Um, awesome, buddy. Thanks all for right. joining us, mate. You take care, eh?
3: All right. Cool. You too. All right. So, yeah, mate. Thank you.
0: Maddie, how are you, mate?
3: Yeah, I'm great. Hi, hello, guys. How are
0: you? Yeah, good. my good. You got a question, though?
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, first of all, it was a great victory. Uh, cheers. Uh, so, my one first question to both Sweeney and Tony. So, uh, I know Ramsey uh, uh, did not, you know, assisted or he did not uh, score anything. But I thought his uh, off-the-mall movement and overall his work rate was superb. Probably he was spot on. Uh, so, what is your take on Ramses' performance? And uh, second thing, uh, this question is not more than a question. It's not just my. I'm sharing my thoughts. Is like uh, I don't understand our fans. Uh, so I was like having a great argument with one of my friend, Arsenal friend. Is that he was saying it was Chelsea were so pure that so are so poor. So I was saying no, no, we made them look so poor. That's the reason we won it. So, what is your take on that? So. These are my questions.
0: No worries, mate. Uh, Tony, you want to
3: answer the first one, mate? Yeah,
1: uh, I agree with you about Ramsey. I've seen a lot of people saying today, like, "I oh, he didn't do anything really, he worked hard, but he didn't do much. And I've seen player ratings that have him as our, I think it was our second worst player on who scored. For me, I, I thought he was probably the best player on the pitch for the for the 60 or so minutes he was on there. Maybe he didn't have loads of touches or create loads of chances, but the job he done was vital uh, he stretched them all over the place. He completely stopped Jorginho playing. His energy was unbelievable. And look, I'm not one of these. You see a load of people on Twitter saying, oh, Ramsey's our best player. It's a disgrace to let him go, blah, blah, blah. I'm not a... i am not I rate Aaron Ramsay, but I'm not a huge, huge fan. So this isn't coming from a bias standpoint. I do think it is crazy to be letting him go. But yeah, just on yesterday's performance, I thought he was exceptional for maybe 60, 65. And, and the last five or 10 minutes uh, before he, he subbed off, you could see he was very, very tired and... He's very fit. He's probably our fittest player, so it shows how hard he worked if he came off the pitch absolutely knackered after only 60, 65 minutes. Uh, But I thought it was a top, top display from Ramsey.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And uh, Schwinn, your thoughts on Ramsey? Very, very similar. I thought he was
2: almost crucial to the way we played. And with the energy we played, I think he was the initial trigger in a lot of circumstances. Uh, The first 10 minutes you know, he was all over Jorginho and the back line. Uh, he, in very vital moments, he was all over David Luiz and, and you know, made him dispossess the ball a couple of times. Um, he got a decent shot off once, but, you know, which was, in the end, comfortable for Kepa, but it, it showed that he had some desire and he was trying to do different things. I thought he was one of our best players as well, as Tony said. And, you know, it's it's maddening to see he's going to be going on a free, and of course we've spoken about that. But there there is room for him in the team, and yesterday was you know a clear illustration of that.
0: Mate, while you keep going, Schwin, you, you might as well um, while I got you, you might as well keep going with the second question, mate.
2: Uh, I think that that one's, you know, as as Maddie said, that's that's more about opinion. Um, I feel it's it's a bit of both, uh, to be honest. I think it was more to do with how good we were. But there was obviously elements of how bad Chelsea were yesterday, particularly in the second half. You could see that they were struggling because they didn't have anyone to finish off chances. But. Uh, there, there were, you know, I think in, there were vivid moments that, that come to mind right now where Marcus Alonso was the one I'm trying to get off uh, at the end of crosses because there was no one else offering height. And, you know, I think Olivier Giroud was a very late substitution in that regard. I think he could have come on earlier and maybe, you know, helped all players like Azard who were completely anonymous yesterday. So, I want to give us a lot of credit, and I am. But at the same time, you can never clap with one hand. And I think we exploited Chelsea very well. We, we took care of business very well. But at the same time, this was not the Chelsea that we know are are capable of, you know, in terms of a performance. So I do agree with Maddie's friend to an extent as well.
0: Um, Tony, your thoughts on the match, Matt?
1: Um, well, just initially, Swin, you absolutely can clap with one hand.
0: <laughs> Just very quietly.
1: It's always tough to say when one team stops another team playing, which is what we've done, especially in the first 20, 25 minutes. You could say that other team are bad because their passes ain't, aren't finding the, where they're supposed to find and and things like that. But you also have to give credit to the team that's stopping them. So, look, Chelsea weren't at their absolute best, and I don't think anyone would say they were, but I think you have to give us huge credit in that as well. If we would have sat back in the first 10, 15 minutes and let them get their rhythm, let Jorginho have his usual thousand touches without really doing much, then then it would have been a completely different game. So, no, they weren't at their best, but that's we had a lot to do with that.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, and the and yeah, reason, reason I was saying. Yeah, sorry to interject. The reason I was saying is because the, if you see the number of interceptions and tackles, what we have done, or recoveries, that is amazing. Uh, I mean, that's the reason I was thinking that we actually had a very good plan to, uh, you know, frustrate them. That's that's the point I was discussing with my friend. Yeah,
1: yeah as I said, I, look, there, there is a bit of both. I don't think uh, it's completely right to say they were at their best and we stopped them, but it, it, you're right that what we done played a huge part in in them not performing to the level you'd probably expect i mean we hazard is obviously a world-class player um but we we nullified him and we got players around him at all times and we made life difficult for him we made it hard for them to get the ball into him um so you know you can say that they didn't play great but you have to give us a lot of credit for them not playing great
0: Mm, okay. Right, oh, Maddie, we will. Um, when you listen back to the podcast, mate, the boys will get right into the the game and we'll talk about that anyway, mate. But thank you for your question, buddy.
3: Yeah. Thank you.
0: No yeah, worries, thanks, mate. We'll, we'll speak to you again, eh? Yeah. Bye. No worries. Cheers, mate. Soon. Thanks. Bye. You too, mate. Okay, you too can join us. Uh, we're going to do it probably once a month. Uh, you know, we we've got our. I think we still have our Skype details on Twitter, don't we, Twin?
2: Twin. I think we should? Uh, I'm just going to scroll up real quick, and no, they're not on there.
0: But okay. get in touch, and we'll hook you up. Yeah, we'll hook you up, and then you can get on the Skype chat, and if you want to jump on the podcast and uh, ask a question or have a yak about something, uh, we'll do that once a month. Okay, let's get into some user questions now. So our first question is from Hakon Larson. No, Urzel, but El Nanny. What the actual fuck is that, Tony?
1: Uh, uh, I, I think it was what the game called for to be honest uh, we were playing a, a high energy game and, and Ozil will keep the ball a hell of a lot better um, but if you want someone to just run around like a headless chicken then Elneny's your man um, to be honest Ozil didn't really warm up yesterday at all I think he had a couple of little jogs down the touchline but there's always obviously you've got six six subs uh, they, they can only warm up in batch of threes So you tend to get the three that are kind of semi-likely to come on warming up properly and then the other three who just kind of amble up and down the touchline and and Oza was always in the group that never really looked like coming on. Mm -hmm. Um, I think even at the time of Bellerin going down injured, I think Elneny was the only one out warming up. I think I might be wrong because obviously I'm not watching the touchline the whole time.
0: Um, So yeah, I, I don't think it was a wrong sub to be honest. Okay, um, Hackon also says, "Fucking brilliant, fuck Chelsea." Thanks, Hackon. Um, that RC uh, fella. What needs to happen to us to become more than just a good cup team? Clearly, we are very good on our day, but can't go the distance, cover the course of a full league season. Schwinn. Oh, that's a, that's a million dollar question, and
2: I'm sure. Like the the staff is always, you know, that that's always something that's on their mind. I think the number one thing is depth and quality in depth. You need you need players who are always looking over their shoulders because they know that someone is wanting to take their spot. I think that's not quite what we have right now. We might have it in certain positions, but then we don't have the quality there. Uh, you know, see our center backs, for example. So I think that's that's the number one step, and obviously that take, that comes with time. You know, the, the second is something that we've questioned on this podcast before, which is how willing are these players to, you know, to get out of bed for not the big games, not not the derbies, but, you know, a game against, uh, let's say, I don't know, Wolves, which obviously, are, you know, who are very, doing very well, but it's not your quintessential big game. That's where we've, we've struggled recently. Uh, we've dropped the points against some of the lower level opposition, if you will. So, you know, th- that only comes when, when you have this desire to, to solidify a position in the team. And I think some players right now uh, have a lot of comfort in that. So maybe that's something that, that Emery can instill, given the funds
0: and the time. Mm-hmm. I just wonder, though, like, I notice you know, like we we drew against Brighton, obviously lost, got smashed against Liverpool. When did, and then, you know, we strung a couple of wins, fall on game I didn't see. Um West Ham we lost when did Torreira start? We noticed him starting to go downhill in fitness, and we all said it he needs a rest he needs a rest I th- and i look I, I, this is just my opinion did Did you start seeing that you know that West Ham game obviously we should have won that but is that when you talk about depth when that when that's when like you know we should have won these games and Torreira he's the key
2: he is he's he's more than just your defensive midfielder you know he sets the tempo a lot especially out of possession you know as important as Granit is for us in terms of you know building that first phase of play Torreira is when it comes to that the defensive shape that defensive tempo and of course it you know it if Aaron Ramsey's on the pitch, then he's the one who instigates. But Torreira is very, very important in that regard. I think w- with him, it's more to do with and correct me if I'm wrong because I don't remember him having any injuries. I think it's just the fact that it's his first season in England and he's not used to playing so many games during the festive period. We saw this with Lacazette last season when when Arsene benched him a few times during during this time, and we, we've seen it before with you know different managers and different teams. It's it's very normal. To give uh, players a rest during this time in their first season, But we, we do miss him when he's not on there because he's more than you know the average defensive midfielder who's just putting challenges challenges in.
0: Did he play against Liverpool? I'm just trying. Just trying yes, to terribly he did, didn't he? That's when we noticed that he's because wasn't. That's right, Schwin wasn't there, was he? Because, um, mate, you were talking about his fitness, Tony, weren't we?
1: Yeah, I don't think Emery managed him particularly well. I remember saying on that Liverpool podcast that we had um, Fulham at home and you could you would assume you could do with him without him there and then Blackpool away in the cup and I uh, said I didn't think he should travel to that. Mm. And that would have been two weeks off or at least two weeks off matches. But he started against Fulham and then he, um, then he went, he travelled to Blackpool. He didn't come on but you've still got to travel there and it's not a day off. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then obviously he didn't start against West Ham and you can assume you can only assume because of tiredness but then for me that's terrible management, man management if he's too tired to start a, a game that's more important than the previous two mm. um, obviously since West Ham we had basically a week off uh, well we did have a week off and, and in that time it looks like Torreira has regained some some fitness having only played sort of half hour against West Ham and As I said yesterday, he was knackered, but he played two, he'd done two jobs. He played centre, right, mid. But he's got that in him, but not when he's been overplayed, which I think probably was the case over Christmas and we didn't rest him at the right times. I
0: don't think overplaying
1: him was the issue. I think resting him at the right time was the issue.
0: Yeah, well, that's what I was getting at, type of, with, you know, and and back to the RC fellas' um, question. Uh, you know you know what needs to for us to become more than just a good cup team okay we can all sit here and say well we need a hundred million dollar players and <laughs> there's, we're not a cup team no more but at the end of the day I look at Amory's man management and two was one who you know comes fresh to mind I just noticed our form form dropped when we all said that his his fitness levels were down so that's probably one that that's probably one little piece to the puzzle, I suppose, if you agree with that.
1: Uh, it's difficult. As, as Schwinn, the first thing Schwinn said when you asked him this question is it's the million or billion dollar question. Every, consistency. How do you get consistent? That's, that's what everyone's trying to do. But how many teams really do it? City and Liverpool, you could argue, are consistent and United are, are consistent at the moment. But to be consistent over a long t- time is... Is very difficult, and and if that was mastered, then everyone would be brilliant.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think it's a as I said, it's near on impossible to answer because if you could answer it, everyone would do it.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for your question, I uh, See Um Sultan. If Bellerin is out for a long time and we don't sign a replacement, who would you play it right back? Jenkins, Jenkinson or Janko? Um, Maitland Niles or Lichtsteiner? Tony. Uh, I, I think Emery's pretty much
1: confirmed he's going to play Ainsley there um, it'll be interesting because as I said earlier Ainsley's not been brilliant in a back five in the last few times he's played there but he's been good in a back four so do we stick with a back four which doesn't really suit kalasanach usually so he was very good yesterday but in general doesn't suit kalasanach or, or but will suit Maitland-Niles or do we go to a back five which obviously does the opposite uh, that will remain to be seen but I, I, think, uh, I think when they asked they asked Emery what, what will happen Basically now, Hector's out And he said, oh, we're okay in that position We have Ainsley, Lichsteiner And Jenko, and I think just by Saying Ainsley's name first It probably indicates that he's he's first In mind for that position
0: Yeah, fair enough um, Okay, who do you play, Schwin? Just out of interest? The same for me Okay
3: Interesting
0: How much is Lichsteiner getting paid? no idea
1: I know I mean that that, that list everyone could get up and google or search on twitter for that list that came out but there's so much nonsense on that list that came out that it's not even worth looking at
0: yeah okay
1: yeah there was was something wrong and the list came out and then loads of people pointed out stuff that was wrong and then a new one came out the next day from the same people and it's like well if you weren't trusted yesterday you've just changed it like one of them had Iwobi is out of contract (laughs) Yeah. Okay. He signed a new one in the summer, so mm. it's just yeah. list I think them lists have Lichtsteiner on not too much, but I wouldn't believe anything. I mean, I seen a few Dortmund fans commenting on it because it said Socrates was on ninety two, and apparently he was on forty at Dortmund. So they were saying they doubt he's on ninety two because that's obviously over a hundred percent increase for someone who's what twenty nine thirty. Mm. Uh, so it's. Mm. It's, I don't really know what Lichstine is on. I don't think it's a huge amount. I'd be surprised if it's over yeah, more 65. Than
0: J- more than Janko and Maitland-Arles, Definitely more than maitland niles
1: I'm not sure with Jenko because he obviously was signed, uh, when he signed his most recent contract, it was kind of in a regime where uh, everyone sort of earned around the same amount. So, I mean, the rumors that Jenko are on between 60 and 65. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if Lichstein will be on that much. I think that would be the absolute top end of what Lichstein is on, but that's that's speculating from me. That's I, I don't know.
0: <laughs> what a job that bloke has. When, boy, he hasn't started a game. Who, Janko? Like, I mean, the Premier League game. When was the last time he started yeah, Jenko, he scored a he Yeah, Janko, he scored a penalty at half-time yesterday. Huh? <laughs> he was wearing. What a gig! <clears throat> what a gig! Um, yeah. Sand Deep. Uh, we have three games in eight days. Shit, do we? Huh, okay. Um, should we give priority to United game or focus on the Cardiff and City? Hector's injury will be a big loss for us. I think we need a right back more than a winger. Because Lichstein is not not that good, and we can't continue to play Maitland-Niles out of position. Uh, Schwinn, have a stab at that, mate.
2: Well, I'll, I'll address the second part first. I think Maitland-Niles will be played out of position because that that seems to be where Emery prefers him, and we don't really need bodies in the central midfield right now. So, um, I don't, um, you know, as as we spoke about in the live callers as well. I don't think we're going to go into the market at the moment for a right back either with regards to the different games that we have coming up i think obviously united is the the main focus for now and i'm sure emery will will field out the strongest possible eleven on the day i don't think emery is one who's going to necessarily discard one of the games i think they're all important you know despite them being 3 and 8 days as sandeep says but i think they'll they'll all be important even even city for that matter i think emery would want to Try and get the players ready for that because even if you are able to rescue a point from from City, who we know are going to give us a tough fight, it's going to instill a lot of confidence. And yesterday's result means we're still in the hunt for the top four. So I don't think it's going to be, you know, us shifting focus at all. I think it's going to be one game at a time, and they're all going to be equally important
0: in my book. Mm. Fucking optus, you cunts! Somebody get the fucking FA Cup over here so I can watch that game.
1: Oh, did you, did you speak to them?
0: Yeah, I did, yeah. I told them to get the FA Cup. They said they were looking into it, but, mate, my fucking voice, what weight does he think that has? Yeah, you don't even hold any weight on here, and you created it, so. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I'd, I'd have absolutely, they'd have no care in the world about what I have to say. Um, okay. Uh, Pierre Bamiang Golden Boot. Um, Is Emery our man after all, despite Emery out? Are we fools for bemoaning flexibility when we've needed it for years? Tony. In the same way one bad result doesn't make
1: everything that's happened before terrible, one good result doesn't make everything that happened before brilliant. He's, He's clearly made huge mistakes in the last few weeks. Um, uh, all of the concerns that were previously there I would say are still there was it a great performance yesterday yes but that doesn't mean we can overlook people like the term papering over the cracks for me comes out way too often and it's probably a bit harsh but whatever the toned down version of that is it's a great win we have to enjoy it we played unbelievably well but that doesn't make everything previously okay I'm not saying Emery out, but I'm also not here sitting here saying Emery is the Messiah. Uh, there is problems, um, not just with Emery at the club as a whole. Um, and and look, flexibility is okay, but when you, you know about like, sometimes it feels like we're changing for the sake of it and, we, and we're confusing the players. We're playing systems just because like, I, I, I can't really find any valid reason why we played five at the back against West Ham. Um, we, we've... Guendouzi and Xhaka, who have never really been able to play it together in a two. And if you want to call that being flexible, then no, flexibility isn't always good. Just because you can change doesn't mean you absolutely have to at all times. And I think that's where we've got to find the balance. Yeah, he does some odd things, doesn't he? Yeah, and, and that's what I mean. is You can call that flexible and if it works, you go, oh, look, brilliant flexibility. When, when, when it doesn't work, you have to accept the criticism. You have to accept the good or the bad, right? So if you do something and it works, well done, pat on the back. If you do something and it's wrong, you absolutely have to accept fault.
0: Mm-hmm. OK. Um, Clay Co-Conservative, he says, got the W, but how trashy was the ref. Mr. Red on Lewis, for sure, probably when Alenzo went in late on Tuera, is Emery outsmarting himself by constantly changing shape and it just worked better this time. Will we buy right back uh, or start Maitland-Niles? That's the number one question. Uh, Hector probably out with an ACL injury. Uh, he goes on and says Chelsea players got butt hurt in the last ten minutes and made some rash decisions. I thought it it gave me joy to see Alenzo Chiginyo so butt hurt about the sound thumping. Will Emery keep going with two up top and getting whipped through? Uh, FBS. Shame to see Hector go down. He looked good today. You don't tackle any of that one?
2: <laughs>
0: wow, there's there's a lot there. <laughs> uh, let, a lot let me start it.
2: with uh, <laughs> let me start with Anthony Taylor because he, we'll he missed a ref, few. Yeah, yeah cause he missed a few obvious calls. I mean, Louise's challenge on Ramsey was was very harsh. I mean, that happens in the seventh to the eighth, eightieth minute with Chelsea 2-0 down the referee probably thinks they're getting frustrated since nothing's going for them and he probably shows him you know the locker room in all honesty similar with Alonso going in late on Torreira and Barkley going in on Guendouzi was probably as
1: clear sorry just I don't think it was Alonso on Torreira I think he went on to say the one he was talking about was Barkley on Guendouzi was it okay yeah, so, I mean that makes
2: sense because th- th- that's as clear as it gets. Late in the game, nothing going for them, and Barkley had no chance of getting the ball there. So that that for me is a is a straight red any day of the week. So Anthony Taylor did miss a lot on the day. In, in terms of Hector, I, I do feel for him. I think as as Tony said, uh, with him and the team, we feel a bit more secure. We have another outlet as opposed to just class snatch on the left. So that does help. And of course, he brings a certain amount of experience with him, which Ainsley does not. uh, And Licksteiner does. But then, you know, obviously, Licksteiner has some obvious gaps in his game at the moment. I think it's going to be difficult to say whether Emery is going to keep going up top because I I don't want to say that Emery is outsmarting himself. Uh, You know, I think you have to draw a distinction between how much of this is flexibility and how much of this is tinkering. I think... We can give the manager the benefit of the doubt since it's, it's his first season and he's still trying to figure out uh, different opposition and and how they operate away from home at home. And at, at times he's gotten it wrong. But I don't necessarily think of Emery as someone who's tinkering. I think he just gets some things wrong at times. And yesterday was not one of those. And we've obviously seen against West Ham where he got everything wrong in the day. So I, I, I am happy with Emery taking the season to, to realise how he needs to go about things and where he needs to fill up those positions. But, you know, th- this, this is obviously something which has scope for, for tinkering. And, and if that ends up happening, then I think we'll be going down a slippy, slippery slope because we don't have a lot of quality in depth where t- tinkering is going to be the solution.
0: Okay. Um, cosmon Butta. Oh, I do you want? What else we got there? Any else? Uh You pretty much, you done well, mate. Uh, I'm surprised. There was a lot in there. <laughs> you did well. Uh, oh, will Emery keep going with two up top? You, did you touch on that and getting width?
2: Oh, uh, again, a very tough one. I think it's going to be something he he's flexible about. You know, um, again, as, as Sandeep said, if we have three games coming up in the eight days, I don't imagine both Lacazette and Yank starting because even losing one of them to an injury or suspension, perhaps, is, is going to be very tough on the whole squad. So we, we do have some players coming back from injury. Mesut is is, of course, available. Henrik Mkhitaryan returns to training this week. So we have some players coming back, but I'm sure Emery would want to have all of them fit and
0: ready, especially with the Europa League returning as well. Okay, um, Cosman Buta says, is there any way Suarez could replace Granite, Tony? Uh, I, I see him playing slightly higher up. Um,
1: in that free yesterday, if that's how we were to go, I was thinking it would be Gwen who would replace, um, or even Ramsey, to be honest. Not in, in terms of position, I don't think he could do the job that Ramsey done yesterday. But I think he'd be higher up. I, I think Granite's probably the last of them because even yesterday, I know you can see it as a flat three in the midfield. But I, I think they kind of played more like a diamond um, with with Torreira right and Guedes left. But still, right central and left central. With, as I said, they kind of played hybrid positions. Um, and and Granite as the deepest one. And, and I think the last place Suarez would play if he does indeed sign, which it looks like happening. I think the last place would be, would be the base of the diamond.
0: Okay. Um, Vish says, uh, coincidence that we play better with calmer heads at the back. Um, uh, Mustafi rash decisions and penchant for sliding on his ass, especially against tricky players like Hazard. Could have cost us had he played. Uh, MAA Gunner, uh, what happened to the Moles' Twitter <laughs> we think it got hacked, mate, to be honest I don't know, Oh do you boys saw it? Someone yeah, I saw this. it <laughs> Yeah, I
1: saw it just before the game Yesterday, as I was in the stands Flicking through Twitter uh, On my feed, on the feed And I saw uh, a picture of the roadkill But no, no idea um,
0: <laughs> fuck I, I, was, I was saying to Schwinn I was having a bit of a laugh, actually <laughs> Fucking roadkill <laughs> uh, Um MAA Gunnar, did the commentary just say? commentator just say, Emery is the first manager not named Wenger to beat Chelsea at the Emirates? These stats from BT are crazy. This is why Champions League should be on ITV. i got no idea what he's talking about. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, anyway. I don't know if the commentator
1: said that. No, as I was say, I don't know if the commentator said that, but if they did, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard.
0: Yeah, I didn't hear it. <laughs> You hear it, twin?
2: Yeah. No, thank God, I wasn't on the BT stream. I was just watching the regular Premier League stream, and John Champion and Jim
0: Beglin did not um, mention that at all. Thankfully. No, I didn't hear it. MAA um, our four highest player, our four highest paid players covered two positions, meaning they can't all play together. Our backup goalkeeper gets paid more than our starting keeper. Jenko, who plays one game a season, gets paid more than Torreira. Özil can't get into the 80 most times. What the fuck has happened, Tony?
1: I mean, it is it is some of that is a concern. I mean, I'm not sure if Jenko gets paid more than Torreira. As I said, that's going off that that wage list that come out that no one can really verify. Um, it is an issue that that four of our that our four highest paid cover cover two positions but I mean you can get away with that strikers you can go two up top I think that Ozil Mkhitaryan is probably more of a problem but then Miki can play wide I think the issue came if, if Mikatarian was better then you could play you could conceivably play all four of them so it wouldn't be going into two positions it'd be going into four slots so it'd be fine I think the issue is that Ozil hasn't been brilliant this season barring a couple of games and and mikatarian has been poor pretty much since he signed apart from a couple of games I think that's more the issue than them only filling two positions. The the Czech one, again, it's another difficult one. He came in as number one. No one would have argued with the money when he came in. But he's now, what, in the fourth year, of a four-year contract, and he's getting on. Obviously, he's announced his retirement this week, and we are. I assume we all wish him the best in that. Um, great servant to the Premier League. But you can't look at it and go, oh, well, he's on more than our first choice when... There was never any complaints about giving him that money when we got it and it's what happens in the term of a contract a player is going to deteriorate deteriorate and, and, and four years into a four-year contract that someone of that age it just is what well, it is um, I, I don't I, look, there is a lot of the mess at the club but I, I don't think anything that that's just been highlighted is is much to do with it I think the biggest issue is like Jenko being on the contract the is the same with probably our but you can't even blame the old regime for El Nemi because he signed a new one within the last twelve months. Um, I think the old sort of communist model was was not great for the club, and I think we're now seeing the back end of that in terms of a lot of those contracts are expiring either this year or next. And I think all, that's much more of an issue than than anything highlighted.
0: Do you um, you know what? You thinking though like and I see a few of these fans and not having a shot at you, M double A gunner, but I see a few of these fans and Lichtsteiner comes he was one for example. Oh shit, look at us, we're signing Lichtsteiner for free, how good's this? And I think I said to you, Tony I said, I don't I don't get it. Like I'm not jumping up and down like he I, I he was fucking no he was shit at Juventus. I, I don't I don't get it. Um, and, and you see the Arsenal fans carrying on like raw prawns, and now they all come out and say shit. But they were quite happy for him to come and sign big, you know, whatever he's on. I, I don't know what he's on. Um, Janko, I, I don't even get me started on that, bloke. Yeah, he's still at fucking Arsenal, has got me absolutely fucked. But, <clears throat> you know, and, and a lot of fans are talking about this, um, Dennis, bloody's. Uh, uh, what's his name? Dennis Shraz. Suarez. Uh, Suarez, sorry. And 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 I read um, Craig's piece on you know on his um, scout report, and I don't know if he's as good as everyone's making out either. But it just seems like anybody's coming to Arsenal. He's it's fucking brilliant. The, the, the thing is, as fans, we're not accountable for
1: anything, so. Again, it's what I was just saying about Czech. When we gave Lipsteiner that contract, as you said, everyone was like, oh, brilliant, brilliant. Now he's not performing. They're, oh, shit, why is he on this amount of money? But this is why I always try and do everything I say what my thoughts are, things are when they happen, because then I can't be a hypocrite. And even if I didn't have a, the, the audience of this podcast or the Clock and Talk Twitter, I still do that to myself anyway. So if I've said something, then and I've said, oh, yeah, it's absolutely the right decision to give Lichstein, say, 60 grand a week or whatever he's on, I then can't go back in six months' time and blame the club for doing it because I completely agreed with it. It's not that I have any power over what happens, obviously, but yeah, I just no, don't want to be... Yeah, you don't
0: want to be hypocritical. You, you, you're straight up and you want to say it as it is and how you feel it at the time.
1: Yeah, and it's like, I mean, you guys all know, I, I do it sometimes on Twitter, but sometimes just between us, like, when a team comes out, I'll say my thoughts on it straight away so then I can't come on here a day later if we lose and go oh, it's bullshit he's got everything wrong hmm. because you guys can see that a day when it came out I said "Oh, brilliant that's the team we should play or, or, or vice versa so I, I mean that's just the type of thing that's the type of way I like to do things and, and it makes me sort of accountable for what happens whereas I think a lot of people would like to live in hindsight
0: what's your what's your like, obviously, I've said about Lichstein, and I think this Dennis, he's a bit the same. I, I You know, like, he, he can't make... It's probably, he, he won't. He, he won't make the Barcelona first team. And someone said to me, oh, but he started a couple of games. Well, fucking whoopie do. But at the end of the day, they, they're happy for him to sign a contract. They want to loan him out. Um, they obviously... Feel that they're going to get money for him at some stage So we'll just keep him contracted Which is what we should have done with Ramsey And Sanchez and fucking Jack Wilshere And everybody else who we just let to go free Barcelona just a bit smarter And just sign them Knowing that they're going to get some cash for him later But I do worry that here we are This... Oh, I, don't, I don't think he's a real... I, I don't think... I don't really... On him in Arsenal. Like, I don't get what the big hype is about him, and I'm thinking to myself, well, we're going to be stuck with this player, we're going to be paying some ridiculous wage, you watch, and then we're going to be oblig- ob- obligated at the end of the loan deal to pay 20, 30 million for this player. and... Well, I think, oh God, sorry, I think the big debate is obviously whether there's an obligation to buy,
1: put in place, or not. Um, it's a difficult one. Look, does it? We need the bodies, especially with, with Ramsey on the way out. I mean, I would have, I I'd still feel like he's going to phase Ramsey out. Um, I was quite surprised to see him play yesterday, and I, I mean, I'd be playing Ramsey a hell of a lot more, but I think Emery's going to phase him out. So then it, it's getting a body in that's going to be there. I think they're hoping that he can recapture his, his Villarreal form. I, I don't think. I don't think you can look and say, oh, well, he's not getting in the Barcelona team, so that means he's shit because you look at who Barcelona have got in the middle and and it's not an easy job to get in that team. Oh, and that's why I said he...
0: I don't think he... He he never will, but... And, and, you know, you have to agree, Barcelona only keep him there because they know they're going to... They'll cash in on him eventually.
1: Well, I mean, I think as well he's versatile, which is one of... I think probably one of the main reasons we're looking at him. You can cover two or three positions with one wage. And if the wage bill is as tight as we're led to believe, and financially we're we're as broke as we're told, covering one position with two or three players is always is always a nice thing. And I think that's purely the reason he's at Barcelona. Uh, he's still at Barcelona, um, but obviously he doesn't get the minutes he, he would like, and he's never going to start. He's a he's a jack of all trades, master of fuck all uh, at Barcelona. But that doesn't you, you see some players, and when they get given a run, they. They completely different players when they get given a run in the team and a bit of confidence. So, so who knows? It could be that. I mean, I don't think it's a bad signing. I think the obligation to buy would be around twenty million, which isn't a lot. Um, well, it depends mm-hmm. how broke you are. A lot it could be a lot.
0: Her, didn't
1: it? Yeah, but as I said, I think because he's covering two or three positions, they they see it as cheaper because you could spend twenty million on one guy that can do two or three jobs. Whereas if you go for specialist players, and obviously you're going to have to spend two or three times, I don't think it's a terrible sign, and it's not. But it's also not. And you know what it's like. All Arsenal fans are saying, "Oh, well, this is the signing that's going to win us in the World Cup." No, he's no, not. No. It, not that. There's a happy medium, I think, and that's where it is for me. I don't think he's the be-all and end-all, and the player that's going to make us the best team in the world. I also don't think he's trash. I think he's somewhere in the middle, mm. and I think Arsenal Twitter has a huge part to play in getting fans overhyped and say, so, "Oh, we're, we're going to sign Suarez. He's
0: this. He's that." It's like, well, is he really? Yeah, no, no, not really. But like, yeah, you look at him, and and you know, like, and and he's another, he's another one that is fucking just some shit deal, and he's an average shit player. Um, yeah, I just, I just worry we get stuck into these. It's almost like. We're desperate <laughs> like, He's the only player That we can sign on loan Because we can only sign players on loan We're, And why that is The case has got me fucked Seems to be the case
1: Yeah I mean look I think with this, if, if they do get the obligation To buy I, I think if that's the case We could sign a lot of players Because the way football's going And teams dealing with financial fair play These obligations to buy are becoming more and more common I mean, the rumours are Higuain, when he completes Chelsea, is going to be obligation to buy. Uh, Fucking Mbappe went to PSG a year earlier on an obligation to buy. I think the whole football world understands how things are going. So I wouldn't say he's the only one available, but Emery clearly wants him. He's worked with him before. And I think it more comes down to that than anything to do with finances because,
3: Mm -hmm. as
1: I said, obligations to buy are going to become, well, they are already very common. A few years ago, they were unheard of. I don't think I'd ever heard of one five years ago. But, but now it seems That fucking every loan uh, Seems or a lot of Signings seem to start off with a With a loan uh, And then we will pay you at some point when, when UEFA allow us to spend money again yeah,
0: yeah. Um. Anyway He looks like it's, he's coming So we'll look and if he Does great good I hope he Does great but I do Worry that he's going to be a, a Another player that we go, oh fuck! You know, why do we end up with this bloke for? So, um, oh I hope not.
1: <laughs> I, hope I, I also don't think I don't think he'd be on high money either, which is probably a blessing. I'd imagine well, Barcelona are paying him a good wage? Not really. You, Barcelona are very; they do probably what football should be, where their top tier players earn crazy amounts, and their lower tier players are still earn good money, of course, but not nowhere near big money. They, they use yeah. a kind of like a, I don't know a load about American sports, but they use an American sports model where, of course, Messi is on stupid amounts of money as, as a quarterback is in most American football teams. Yeah, but, yeah. but then there's a guy on an American football team who know just punts the ball up and down the field occasionally and he probably earns in a year what the, the quarterback earns in a month. And uh, Barcelona used that kind of sort of model without that. Sort of exaggeration. Yeah.
0: Okay. um Schwinn. Sorry, mate. I forgot you were there. <laughs> you want to weigh in on this,
2: mate? <laughs> no, I'm more with you than I am with Tony on this, and I and I understand the the points that Tony brings up, and they're very real. You know, the the wage, uh, the versatility. But I look at it as a band aid. I see it as you know as a as a stopgap, and it, it's it's not a signing that that I would have gone for I, I would probably go for a specialist someone who you know is is a quintessential winger can, can bring something different to the team and I, this is nothing against Dennis Suarez I haven't seen the kid play too much but uh, you know I'm happy to be proven wrong and I, I, let's hope that is the case because it seems like this deal is very close but it, it's not something I would have gone for let's put it that way
1: mm-hmm. just to I, it's not something I would have done either but if we've got to deal with the reality, if it looks like it's happening, then you have got to get behind it. But no, it wouldn't have been my first choice either. It wouldn't have even, to be honest, it wouldn't have been a choice.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah. def- definitely get behind it, lads. But like you know, when you see a Mkhitaryan, a Neil Nanny, a Janko, and you think, "Fuck, here we go again with another one of these players." And no disrespect to them, but they don't. Well, what's El Nenny they had one Premier League game. Janko hasn't. Played in fuck knows how long. Mikatarian, um, well, we we <laughs> we got fed a hospital pass for him, didn't we? But, you know, we're desperate. We'll, oh, we'll swap Sanchez for Mikatarian please. So we so we need to keep our fans at ease. So we'll take Mikatarian and that'll that'll look really good for the fans. And oh, fuck me dead. Have, take him back, please. But, uh, I just worry about it being one of them ones, boys, that's all. But I'm happy I'm like you, Schwinn. I'm happy to be proven wrong. Um, okay Cosman Butter No we'll go to Ireland Boy Guna uh, Schwin so Ozil was on the Bench but did not play What does this mean for Schwin Lol it
2: means nothing for me we got the win
0: That's what matters at the end of the day I think he, I Plain and simple talk, I think he's talking in podcast, podcast terms Mike.
1: Oh,
2: then this say, question
0: week, should go to you. You only turn year. off if Basil does or something. Yeah, something like <laughs> that. You were saying, weren't you? I'm pretty sure it was you saying that, wasn't it, Ted? <laughs> I wouldn't say anything like that, would you, darling? Well, Tez Tez
2: is the one who puts the lineup out, guys. So if you have problems with that, please at him, <laughs> not
0: me.
1: We just get the text saying we're starting this week, and that's it. We come here, we're professional, we do our jobs. Yeah. And like, last
2: month, I didn't get even a single one, so oh, I wasn't oh, here. Fuck
0: off, God, <laughs> <laughs> Fucking quick, <huh? laughs> uh, Fucking, this next you're fucking is for you you're fucking quick, you're quick, aren't you? <laughs> you are quick. Um, okay, Cosmo Butter, thank you for your question, but I am skipping it. Um, i oh, go on. <laughs> now, Cosmo Butter, says, "Is granite too slow for what we play today for a modern Premier League team?" I don't. Know. I don't think he was, but I'm very biased. So, Tony.
1: I kind of touched on this earlier that I think he started off the pace slightly and and also he is slower than the rest and people sort of never got over that. I don't look when you're pressing like that, you can't have everyone running into the press at all time. It's very easy to play around. So you do do need someone that sits solid at the base. Um, And I think Jack had done that very, very well from probably the 15th or 10th minute onwards. Uh, I think just him starting slow has probably remained in people's minds. Uh, I think you absolutely can have that type of player. Is granite good enough to do that every week without mistakes? It remains to be seen. Which I, I get the frustration because what's we'll he four years in now, mm. and and four years in saying remains to be seen isn't really good enough.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, no, I do, I do, I do get where people come from because you know like uh, last couple of weeks he hasn't been fucking good. With that you know West Ham, but you know anyone, nobody was, but yeah, I. But then you go back a couple of months ago, and we were all saying, "Oh, Gwen Doozy's in the team," and geez, you can see what what we're missing with granite. So I don't know; it's catch twenty two, isn't it? Uh, I Look again with Jacker for me; it's the consistency. At yeah, his best, he's
1: very, very good, but he has too many lapses of concentration. Shall we call it? And makes makes costly mistakes.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, I do agree. I, I, and that's the issue. I, I but, I mean, you will get some people, but I don't think anyone really thinks he's a bad footballer. Mm. Was
0: that? When was that, go- was that last week? He was the blame of West Ham, wasn't it? West Ham, yeah. yeah fuck, that was, that was terrible. Mm. Okay, Vish, uh, with the injury of Bellerin, which seems quite serious, do you think we could go into the market to bring a backup right back? Gutter that Bellerin is injured. He definitely showed us. What a different best Arsenal are with him on the pitch. Thank you for your question Vish, but I just realised we answered it in the live callers. <laughs> um, MAA Gunner, you you hope leads, do you hope leads get promoted so we can find out if we work on defending in training? <laughs> he's lost me on that.
2: <laughs> Go I on, about, I think he's talking about Bielsa there and everything that's that's been revealed about him recently. It's pretty funny. Um, actually, uh, I, I don't make too much of that. I think it's pretty common. I would imagine for for teams to to t- partake in, you know, such activities that's where they're able to get something. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's the best word for it. Uh, and I'm I'm sure it's common. And I actually respect Martin O'Neill a lot for coming out and and openly claiming that he did. Uh, I'm not sure how the FA are going to react and how it's going to be taken in the, in the football sphere, but I don't mind it one bit, if I'm honest.
1: Okay. um, Yeah. yeah. I was going to say it's, 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 there's nothing against it in the rules, but he, he's taken it probably further than anyone else in England does. So it isn't common here, especially like the spying on training and stuff. Um, but I don't see any problem with it. And, Let's be honest, he just does his research on his opponents. Guardiola said when he played against him, he was Barcelona manager. But Guardiola was Barcelona manager. I can't remember who Bielsa was managing at the time. He said after the game, um, Bielsa gave him a, like, a dossier on Barcelona. And, and Bielsa knew more about Barcelona than Guardiola did. And he played there his whole life and was a manager. It's just it's, it's amazing research. And I, I mean, the question's coming from if he starts spying on our training then yeah, maybe he mm-hmm, might produce mm-hmm. research and give it to Emery saying you need to fucking do some defending. <laughs> but, um,
0: yeah, that, that would be fun. <laughs>
3: yeah, it would be.
0: Um, fish, incredible display from the entire team today. Granite, as usual, gave me a heart attack every time he received the ball. Fuck off, fish, she cunt. Uh, this is the formation... Is this the formation for four at the back, our best formation to maximise our players' potential? We seem to invite much pressure with five at the back to to our detriment. I, I, did, I do like that, but it depends how you play, isn't it? Um, go, well, I,
1: I don't think we can play that formation every week. I mean, as I said, Torreira and Guendouzi were both playing two positions, essentially, and, yeah, they're both fit, but... The, there's a certain amount of miles you can have on the clock until fitness kind of don't matter anymore and you're just going to be fucked um, I, I think that probably works best in big games what we done how we played yesterday um, and with United coming up we, we might see it again but I don't think it's something we're going to see all the time and and also we don't have any at the moment we don't have any other players so if Guendouzi and, and Torreira do get tired we don't have any suitable I mean you could put on any there, but it's nowhere near the same. And also, we don't have anyone else that can do the job at ten that, that well that Ramsey does. Because if you are all about high pressing and, and charging around and, and sticking to to someone to stop in them play, Ozil or Mkhitaryan or Iwobi aren't going to do the job that Ramsey does. So I, I think the problem with that is we we haven't got the players to to be able to rotate and and stay with the same system um so i think that might be what we use in big games but i'd be surprised if we see it week in week out and also as i've said here a million times if teams start playing long that pressing's pointless anyway so you're playing a whole team to press and then you get like we've got Huddersfield away in a few weeks and and they go long to Mounier from a goal kick you've just bypassed the reason that six players are playing
0: Hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, um, when we played Tottenham, we beat them 4-2. Bemiang played up front. We played a 3-4-2-1? A uh, yes, but we changed at half-time to essentially what we saw in the second half yesterday. Okay. Because we did come... That was the only reason I bring that game up, because we did come out that game swinging too, didn't we? Yeah, but then we were 2-1 down, and then we changed at half-time.
1: Oh, we brought Lacazette and Ramsey on, and, and pretty much... It was a carbon copy in a sense of what we saw
0: yesterday. Yeah, I think, I think yeah, Vish might be on Well, you might be on to something, in big games, but then yeah, it won't be long until we be found out. Um, Joe says, did you notice the footage from Arsenal's Twitter page before kickoff? I think he was, oh, he's talking about Bellerin, I think Bellerin uh, already carrying that injury because above Bellerin's left knee look looks all taped up. Uh, I'll go to you, Schwinn, because you might have seen it on the Twitter page. Uh, I didn't see it before a kickoff, but you
2: know there were there was so many c- clips on Twitter that were making the rounds of uh, of Bellerin's injury uh, that I, I noticed there was a lot of heavy taping on his on his left knee area. So, I mean, to be honest, he didn't look as if he was carrying something with the way he was sprinting up and down the line. But you know, the, uh, when a non-contact injury happens. Then, then you know there was something that's been wrong. and with him it's it's you know it's a case of some minor uh, tears over his career that have I think that have led up to this. So someone put a, a tweet out yesterday. Uh, I forget who it was so I, I apologize for not accrediting them but they, they basically laid out all the different injuries he suffered and you know I think it, it's been very often that he suffered something in his left leg. So it, it could just be a culmination of all that. But I did notice the tape. I'm not sure how much of that really affected this tear, to be honest, though. I'm not an expert in the field, so my opinion is doesn't matter in this case. Okay.
0: Um, Joe also says, uh, we know Emery and Ozil have fell out, and it is probably why he is on the bench, plus Emery needed to cover himself for, from the fans. I honestly didn't think there was any bad intentions in not playing Ursel today. I think the situation in the game never called for it. What did you think? Just before I go to you, Tony, I just wanted to add because you know there's lots of talk on these high wages and, and look, For me, they're just the rumours going around. This this talk about um, you know we haven't got no money in the in the transfer window. We're basically got loan players. And that come from memory Self in his press conference. Now, I look at that team, and I think... And we've all said that Ozil probably makes the team better today, but then on yesterday's performance, it's hard to say that. But, you know, 90% of the time, you've got to agree, Ozil makes the team better today. But what I'm getting at is, okay, Ozil makes the team better today, but when you look at our team, who else is going to get you... 20 30 million in the transfer market today as well
1: Well, i mean look uh, first of all i completely agree with the question that, that there was no malice or bad intentions in not playing him yesterday the game didn't call for him and i agree with what you just said yesterday was probably one of the games where that doesn't call for us all, but 90% of the games he does improve us uh, so playing him in the games where he makes us better and don't play him in the games like yesterday where you feel he doesn't really fit into what the team wants to do I don't think anyone has problems with that. I think the issues are coming where there's games where it's clear to absolutely everyone that we would be better with Ozil in the team and, and he's just not being played. And, and Emery must know that because he's not an idiot. He must know that that team against West Ham needed Ozil and, and the team against pretty much most other, most other games has has needed Ozil in it. As I said, he's not stupid. Um, in terms of who gets you 25, 30 million, look, the, the thing is with Ozil, that's all well and good if they want to sell him to get money, but then sell him. Don't just leave him out because he's still getting paid and you're not enhancing his transfer fee. Now teams are thinking, if they did want to sign him anyway, they're thinking, well, Arsenal don't want him, so it'd be easier to get, we'll pay less for him just because they need to get him off the wage bill. So I think even if he is trying to sell him to get in a decent transfer fee, the management of the situation has been terrible. Maybe that's not what he's trying to do, but whatever it is, the situation's not been managed well. In terms of who gets us 25, 30 million, there ain't many of them. Mm.
0: Um, so and I, I, I just sure. look at, and this comes into our next discussion, um, you know was then, he, he's looking at, you know, Well, at there's plenty of rumours looking that he's going out, but if there's no money, we've got to loan players, we've got a high wage bill uh, he, he's thinking, fucking hell what am I doing here? You've got Emery running around going, well I'm not playing Ozil because we've got to sell him because I, I need some money for this transfer window or, or to buy players and I just see Özil as the scapegoat.
1: As I said, this it's all well and good being the scapegoat if they sell him to get in that, that funds. They are, but they're not. They're just managing the situation terribly. Whatever the plans are, whatever way they're doing it, they're managing the situation terribly. Um, with Sven, I mean, there's two different stories that have come out. One that that Emery is basically choosing his own players, which is never his job. Uh, which is not what basically the the job they hired him for. and I'll be very disappointed if that is what happened. but with Gazidis going, there's obviously been a, a power struggle and and San Lehi, so the other story is uh, Sven and uh, San Lehi are, are clashing heads because Sven wants to use his model and and San Lehi wants to get deals based on on people he knows and has good relationships with. And I think our targets in this window, all the rumoured targets uh, have shown that. The San Lehi model or the Emery model, whoever's it is, is winning because Suarez is obviously at Barcelona, played for Emery before. Carrasco, obviously being in Spain, um, San Lehi. Well, I know he's not there anymore, but it's the same owners as Atletico Madrid, so he'll have relationships there. Um, Benegar, again played playing in Spain, played under Emery, so I, I think Sven's looking at regardless of all the, the whole money issue. I don't think that's got anything to do with it. I, I think it's more. The, the the power struggle has been won by by other people, and they're not allowing him to do the work he wants to. That's my take on
0: it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, Schwinn, I'll go to you now because, like, yeah, that's obviously Tony's take on it. I, I've got a little bit of a different take on it, but I'll, I'll go to you. You know, on the with the Sven Schwinn.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with Tony. I think the the events that have laid out outside of the club, in particular with the targets uh, that Tony laid out, really speaks to what's been going on inside. And uh, look, I think there's, there's a lot of speculation right now in terms of the funds available to us. And uh, if you know there's a lack thereof or if there's just an unwillingness to spend, I, I think there's been some good work done recently by some uh, writers on, on Twitter that, that are Arsenal fans that have laid down the, the PSR and the, the short term costs that we have to have to maintain and why this might just be a, a financial decision that's that's being delayed till the summer and maybe we're trying to save money till then. It, it makes sense to me as well. You know, a, a target that's gonna cost you let's say thirty million this in this window is probably going to be twenty million, let's say uh, in in the summer. So I, I can see why we're we're holding on to funds, but I think Sven can be a massive asset. You know, his track record speaks for itself from from his early days at Dortmund as as a scout to, to you know, how he rose up the ranks and obviously developed or brought in a lot of talent. I think he's a massive asset. And uh, look, in any organization, some sort of, you know, disconnect is healthy. You want people to debate and, and come to a consensus. But so early on since he's been on here you know a year we've seen him bring in a couple of players who've done very very well for us and you would imagine some of these uh, executives are are happy to have him on and maybe you know give him a couple of times where he he has to say uh, it, it doesn't help that he was given a de facto demotion either, with you know us holding talks with Edu and Mark Overmars as a technical director. So I can understand why he's unhappy and why he wants to leave. But to me, it it, it just stinks of a lot of, uh, you know power struggle, as Tony said, and I'm not happy about it at all.
1: Uh, yeah. I think as well, the uh, big issue is is Gazidis. Obviously, he's appointed all these people and told them what their roles are going to be and and how much power they've got, and then. I think if you're if you're employing a team, you have to at least stick around for the teething problems of that of that team until everyone's settled and everyone knows what it is they do. And with Gazidis going, first of all, he, he's not been he wasn't really replaced. So there's like no one really knows who the boss is. And I think um, Sanlehi's become that boss just by I don't really know how. It's like it's not like he's been given a promotion, but he's. He's become Gazidis in a sense, and and then so obviously he's got his own way, and and Sven obviously was brought in for something very different. I think there's a lot of, I mean it's a strong expression, but there's a lot of blood on Gazidis's Gizidis, hands of this one for
0: me. Yeah, like I, for me, I I talk, you know when you see Sven and I, I said a, said to a few people like you've I've never seen a a. a, a a team lose the trophies or win trophies because of the scout but at the end of the day or well, they have it's still as good as the, the manager's going to manage them Like oh, if of he, course you well, could get me the best players in the world and if I can't get them to play hence Emery yeah I know but that, that wasn't, yeah, but that wasn't the point you made
1: you said they haven't won trophies because of a scout which they absolutely have look at Dortmund if Dortmund didn't and it's not even the, the trophies that them players might not have won but all the money they've brought in to bring in the subsequent better players That have gone on to win trophies So yeah, not only a scout has never won a trophy on
0: his own But only a yeah, manager has never yeah, won a with trophy the on his And own. that's Le- where I was going to get to my next point Before he cut me off Was the fact is that Sven hasn't got the power And with him not having the power And not talking to Emery And, and the shit going on between them Then what is, what's the point in Sven being there? Because he can't win the trophy on his own so I, I don't understand, like, everyone's jumping up in arms and going, oh, Zven's going to leave. Oh, there goes this shit, there goes that. But what's the point in having the bloke there? Because he's not... He could bring you all the players on in the world, but is he Is he actually going to be the bloke who's coaching him on the field? Or is Emery just going no, to put that, him on the that bench?
1: No, but that was never going to be... That was never the, the situation. I think what most people... And I'm speaking for myself, but I think what most people are deeply pissed off about is if you're going to be self-sufficient, you need someone... going to identify players that add value so you buy them for 10 million you sell them for 20 or or whatever numbers as long as they're adding value yeah that's the only way self-sufficiency can work if if you're trying to be self-sufficient probably in the top three people in the world i would hire sven is in that list of top three whether you choose to put him as one two or three he's in that list so the best guy for the model we're going for we're getting rid of. Yeah, those, but the other, two guys,
0: the other two guys aren't listening. And this is what the problem is, I think, is like, I'll, I'll use Monchi, for example, at Roma because it works very well. The buck stops with Monchi. Yeah. So,
1: oh, no, no. Look, that's the issue. I'm, look, if, if Sven hasn't got any power, then yeah, it is pointless in being there. My, my issue is that they're not giving him the power to sign his players because the whole point in, in him being there is to make the self-sufficient model work. Yeah. And if they're not doing that, then it is pointless in being there. I agree with you on that. But as I said, my issue is that they're
0: not letting him do his job. Hmm. And, so that, and that's – how do they get around that? You know, let him do his job. Let him do his job. But then doesn't sound like they're going to. So.
1: No, they're not. No, that's what I'm saying. In the situ, my, my issue is the situation they're in, not that they're let,
0: letting him go. Because hmm. – they're, they're, as I said, situation. if
1: you're going to go self-sustaining, you have to have someone who's going to bring value.
0: Oh, I agree. I agree with that, and I agree he, he does bring good players in, and he did at Dortmund, and he did at other places. He, you know, people people will tell me that he didn't see Gwendausi and he didn't see Tuera, but for me, I think he was the bloke who did find them players. So. Um, more so, maybe not Torreira, but, but but definitely Guendouzi. Like fuck, he come out of no man's land. So um, he definitely bought. He's definitely bought talent to Arsenal. So it, for me, his last transfer window worked and worked well. Um, apart from Licksteiner, maybe, but I don't know what influence did he find Licksteiner. No, um, somebody's got a Serie A contact there somewhere. Whether that's um, old mate or not, I don't know. But I don't know. I don't know how they're going to get around it, man. I really don't. No, as I said, in the position they've put themselves in, it probably is for the best
1: that he goes. As I said, my issue is the position they've put themselves in is wrong.
3: Hmm.
1: And I, I mean, I, I don't know what Sven, uh, Schwinn, sorry, just called him Sven, thinks on this, <laughs> but I'd imagine his, his, view is, his view is quite similar to mine. Schwinn?
0: No no view on it No view on Schwinn Okay Uh, (laughs) Timmy was fucking Schwinn But yeah no Look I I agree With what you say But I just Yeah For me I just Think they need the I don't know Some Look obviously There's one person Who needs to step up And that's Stan Kroenke He's He's the man Who's in charge Of the club He owns the club It's his business It's his It's his asset Investment Call it what you want At the end of the day He's there entitled to make money off the club or whatever he does. I don't really care. But he's the bloke who's got to say, guys, pull your fucking heads together. I want to protect my investment. This bloke, Sven, I want him to bring in these players and we're going to make a fortune of these guys in fucking whatever, whatever it is, five years, two years. And these other two clowns, mate, work with him. And, and that's where it's going to stop. I kind of disagree with you there because
1: Stan knows absolutely fuck all about football. So he's putting people in place that are meant to do that. And he, he put in Gazidis and he said to Gazidis, you you basically run the football club now. You put the people in place. And he's done that with um, with uh, putting in San Lehi and Sven, sorry. And then where he's jumped shit, no one's sort of assumed that role. I don't think Stan can come in and start telling people what to do because he hasn't got a clue. Uh, I think employing the right people is, is the trick. But does Stan know who the right people are? So, And that's why he's entrusted it to Gazidis, who, who fucked off. And it just it makes it very tough. I, yeah. I don't think Stan can come in and start telling him
0: what to do because he ain't got a clue. Mate, he, he'd have a clue. He'd have a clue. Not when about it, football. It's not about, nah, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't have a clue about football, but he'd have a clue about protecting his investment.
1: Oh, of course. But if you said to him, Okay, who comes in to to manage them? So who comes in and does what Gazidis done? And who got San Lehi, Who got Sven and and managed them? He was essentially their boss. Yeah. And you say to you say to Stan Kroenke, who is that person? He could tell you can manage Walmart, but he can't tell you can manage a football team or a football club, not a team. Yeah. You, and you, I think you, that's the
0: issue. He he done what I think is the best thing. He put the best people in place. Yeah. he like, put them in place, but now he's got to, he's got to find the. He's got to find a replacement for Kazudis.
1: Yeah, well, they, that, that, I think that's part of the issue, that they kind of promoted Sanlehi to do that himself. Mm. And, and then that's where he's now decided that his way is the way to go. But as I said, if the reports are true, which they seem to be, it's, I, I think it seems like what's happened is Sven has a difference in opinion with both Sanlehi and Emery, who have the same opinion. And, and, and that's where the problem is. It's also a major mess that a three-man board appointed uh, Emery in June or whatever it was, and two of them are basically no longer at the club.
0: Yeah, crazy, <laughs> crazy. Yeah. And look, and I'll keep referring to Roma and Monchi only because I, oh, look, I, I, as you know, I follow Roma. But the owner of Roma, do you think he knew who Monchi was before he went and got him? Uh, no, but there would have been. Some, Monchi will have someone above him.
1: Maybe not answers to in terms of a football type yeah. of things, but they'll have someone who's appointed
0: him. Yeah, the owner appointed him. That's what I'm saying. The owner went and sourced him and appointed him. But like, I don't want to get tactical. But and that's what Stan needs to try and do. He needs to educate himself. So, but it also like, depends. Man. But what? Who is, who is that? Who is that Roma's oh, owner? Oh, that American bloke. I can't believe his name now. Um. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Anyway, he's an American bloke.
1: It all depends on on what interests they have in football, what investments they have elsewhere, and what their their interest is. Um, and as well, I mean, Monchi was. I, I mean, I'm sure there's someone above Munchie anyway. I doubt James, it. James
0: Pilotta. Pilotta? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I'd be but He's, he's the, the director of football, Monchi. So.
1: Yeah. So there would have been a chair. There'll be a chairman above him who would have appointed him, not the owner. And the cha- that's what I'm saying. Gazidis, I'm not sure what his actual title was. I think it was CEO, but he was essentially a chairman in in old way of speaking about football. And and that's what we're missing at the moment. We don't have a chairman. And as I said, it wouldn't have been Roma's owner who's directly gone and and got him. It would have been the chairman who's seen what he's done at Sevilla and and thought that's the way we
0: need to go. Mm. Um, twin, you with us? No, no. He just okay. texted and said he's internet shit. Oh, okay, right. On. Okay um, That's a shame Because he would have been good to chat on this too <laughs> On this subject
1: Yeah well he's been He had a week, he was here for a week And he's done <clears throat> half of this week's podcast So I guess he needed a little rest Another
0: five <laughs> weeks off yeah. Um, Okay yeah I think you are Rod. I'm Just I'm just trying to think There was a chairman who appointed Monchi
1: Yeah I mean look It's the way football clubs work The owners and it's the problem with a lot of these oligarch owners. And Abramovich had an is- issue with it when he first came in. He was trying to do things himself. And it didn't work because they don't know football the way these people do. And I mean, like, so Chelsea have got a chairman. I, I assume it's still Bruce Buck. It definitely used to be. Um, and, then they've- and then he's put a team in place. So people, I- I'm sure some people would have commented saying, well, Abramovich does it. No, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He tried to get involved and it failed massively. And, and
0: Shevchenko is probably the biggest casualty of that of that failure. Well, somebody's got to step up. Like, fuck somebody. If it's not Stan, well, somebody to step up. Otherwise, we're just going to. Yeah, I think they put
1: themselves in a horrible position now because if they try and demote San Lehi from this role that he was never really made for, mm. then he probably we'll jumps uh, walks off the walks out the door.
0: Yeah, yeah, very, very, very bad decision. Position, I should say. Yeah. Um, okay. Look, everybody. Thank you for your questions. And uh, each and every week, you can get them in at clockend underscore talk on Twitter. Um, do you want to do a quick, your quick thoughts on the FA Cup before we go? Uh, a tough game. It'd
1: be interesting to see if both teams go full strength. It's always hard to call these cup competitions because you never know what's going to happen. I mean, look at the, the Tottenham game that we lost in the League Cup. We spent. Probably an hour debating lineups, and then they were they were nowhere. Neither team were anywhere near what we expected. So it's it's always it's just going to be it's impossible to tell. Basically, I, I would imagine both teams will go full strength, maybe with a change of keeper for both teams, just because that's sort of seen as a cup tradition. Mm. Um, but I, apart from that, I'd imagine full strength, and, and then who knows? if this, the United team that doing the playing the way they're playing, it will be
0: a very tough game. Be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can't watch it, so I'm fucking pissed off, but I'll go. Oh, I I don't know. How's Man United been going? They've they've won six in a row now, haven't they? Seven. Seven in a row. Yeah, but I think I I caught the highlights of them I didn't think they were that good um yesterday, so I I'll go on Arsenal one nil. One nil, depending on what squad we roll out too.
1: That's what I'm saying Is these games You can spend ages Talking about them And then see An, an under 18s lineup up Or something It's just
0: Yeah shit Yeah Yeah No okay Right all well, that'll do us mate We'll uh Yeah we've got a couple of games Coming up So we'll definitely be back We might we might come back Pop back in after the FA Cup Um You boys can tell me How that goes Because I can't Fucking watch it Um And Then we've got a couple of Other games coming up So yeah We'll, we'll sort something out Um uh, Schwin's gone, fucked off. So Schwin, you cunt, and that's it. Thanks, mate. All right, I'll speak soon. No worries, and thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading, and thank you for following. Said Clockend underscore Talk, and uh, good night and goodbye. <laughs>